Hello and welcome to Trade Tips from the World Bank Group. I'm Sarah Trino. This is the podcast where we tackle some of the big issues in the world of trade and explore solutions. In this episode, why trade matters and how it benefits economies all over the globe. We hear about the big picture when it comes to trade and how trade can be made more efficient. We should have our own export rather than assembled one. I thought we should start to export tea, coffee, turmeric, ginger, something like that. You just have to have that go-get attitude because it's difficult to operate, but you know, you just have to keep on pulling yourself up and keep going. Yes, we'll be getting the view from Nepal, from the Pacific Island nation of Tonga, and from the World Bank Group in Washington, DC. Trade is an engine of growth that creates better jobs, reduces poverty, and increases economic opportunity. Economic growth underpinned by better trade practices has lifted more than 1 billion people out of poverty since 1990. That's all coming up on the podcast. Trade tips. Trade tips. Trade tips. This is the sound of a festival in Nepal. Children chant in unison and tap sticks together as they dance in the ancient bustling streets of Kathmandu. This is Sunar Dahal. I'm from Nepal and I am a logistics service provider, Nepalese trade promoter from Nepal. And I'm in this business since 1991. I'm in this city, not in downtown, which is a busy place in Kathmandu. Sundar shared the recording of this festival after we spoke, proud to give an example of the beauty and celebration he sees in his country. I used to be the photojournalist. I was uh, working with some Japanese people who have been working in Nepal. And these clients, he tells me, were complaining that somebody needed to modernise the trade of Nepalese goods, get a good system for packing and exporting. Then I realised that uh, to have a, a good economy of the country, we should have our own export rather than assembled one. Because we do have a lot of uh, garments produced in Nepal, but raw materials are imported. I thought we should start to export tea, coffee, turmeric, ginger, something like that. But it wasn't easy. Technology was all but non-existent. Access to information was hard. Sundar and others like him in Nepal didn't really even have access to the internet. No information at all, not in that much of access of internet that time. We didn't have other countries' informations. There are other issues too. Sundar doesn't have access to a lab in Nepal to do all of the testing he needs to export a lot of his food products and other produce. That means sometimes he has to export it to India for tests and certification, then import it back to get to its final destination. This can take weeks, he tells me, and sometimes products get spoiled in the heat. India does not uh, accept our standard we do in Nepal. We have to go with the full of load of trucks to their customs. They take out the sampling from that truck and send it to their lab in Delhi, Calcutta or somewhere else. Means it's really long delay. Sometimes our goods already get rotten. 
So this is the really tough thing for us. Sundar tells me that he grows things like black cardamom, but sells it domestically as access to global markets is still too tricky in landlocked Nepal. I do produce a big black cardamom uh, in my own farm. And also we do produce uh, ginger and turmeric in our own farm. We are selling them in really low cost in the local area because people does not have access to international market. Despite various challenges, Sundar is clearly an optimist. He believes in the products that he and others around him produce and that there's a market for them around the world. One thing that has made his life easier is access to something called the Nepal Trade Information Portal. It's an electronic system, kind of a one-stop shop for information for traders like Sundar. Uh, We have suffered a lot in the past. Uh, Now we have a called Nepal Trade Portal. Uh, we feel very lucky that uh, this information is compiled there. Uh, still, there are so many things has to be accommodated, but that is really instrumental for us now. Now, far from landlocked high-altitude Nepal is Nukualofa. It's the capital of the Pacific island nation of Tonga. The Kingdom of Tonga, to be exact. The kingdom is made up of a string of islands dotted across the ocean. Many, not more than two metres above sea level. Tonga is also a country which shut its borders entirely as COVID-19 hit and struggles with supply chains and trade routes. Yes, Sarah. Can you hear me okay? I caught up with Tayatu Atata. She's a business owner, has various ventures in tourism and um, rents out properties. But she also imports goods, both for her baking business and for retail. She owns a shop. So for March 2020, our borders closed. So March 2020 to August 2022. A lot of business went bust. I mean, no one came in. Obviously, you would know we import everything. I looked at the market. uh, I baked cakes. So the supply of goods just was not coming in. For instance, you know, very, very basic like walnuts. Wasn't getting walnuts in coming in. I started importing not only for myself, but also for other cake uh, bakers. Then I also looked at the women's needs. As basic as panty liners wasn't in. So then I also started importing uh, women and health products. She tells me that in her view, trade in Tonga is crying out for modernization and technology. Still very, very manual, very, very old school. There's a lack of uh, development in the technology side. You know, the internet doesn't work very well. Internet costs are very expensive here. Because everything here is manual. It's all paper shuffling from one end to another. I've had stock lost. So I have a broker who goes and clears my goods if it comes from Australia. But in December, I had goods. I had lots of goods coming in, huh? Prep for, for Christmas. I had 66 boxes coming in and some were lost. Couldn't mm-hmm. find it. The, the broker told me I had to go physically check, huh? And so that means I need to physically go, which is really inefficient, and count every box. Tayatu says that even now borders are open, inflation is a big problem for Tonga, a country reliant on imports. The energy price is expensive. Everything's expensive. All the costs have gone up. Everybody's jacked up their prices. It was only until the Ukraine problem occurred and then you know the energy fuel prices went up and all the cost of food has gone up too everything most people are not importing exporting they're usually just importing and we will never we will never address that trade imbalance because we don't really have any 
any products. But just like Sundar, who we heard from earlier, she's determined to make it work. You, you just have to have that go-get attitude because it's difficult to operate, but you know, you just have to keep on pulling yourself up and keep going. Now let's head to Washington, D.C. to get the view from the World Bank Group. My name is Mona Haddad, and I'm the Director for Trade, Investment and Competitiveness at the World Bank. Mona, it's a real pleasure to speak to you. Um, This is the first episode of this series, and we've just heard from two traders in very different parts of the world. They've got very different situations and different concerns, Ukraine, global conflict, inflation. Tell me, why is efficient and smooth trade so important for economies, especially for developing economies? Trade is an engine of growth that creates better jobs, reduces poverty, and increases economic opportunity. Research shows that trade liberalization increases economic growth by an average of 1 to 1.5 percentage points, resulting in 10 to 20% higher income after a decade. Economic growth underpinned by better trade practices has lifted more than 1 billion people out of poverty since 1990. In developing countries, access to global markets is often hindered by anti-competitive business practices and inadequate ports, roads, and other infrastructure. Many of the world's poorest people live in places that are landlocked, remote, or otherwise ill-served by international trade links. And and that's really encompassing a lot of what we've just heard, particularly with our trader from Tonga. We're also hearing a lot in this series about something called trade facilitation. So tell me, what is trade facilitation? Trade facilitation initiatives help countries reduce the time and cost for cross-border trade by streamlining the technical and legal procedures and processes for products moving across borders, from the electronic exchange of data about the shipment to the simplification and harmonization of trade documents and processes to the implementation of measures to enhance transparency and predictability for traders, such as trade information portals, single window, and one-stop shops. That's really interesting. And we're going to be hearing a little bit more about, well, a lot more about some of the things you mentioned, like trade information portals and single windows in some of our next episodes. So where does the World Bank Group play a role? The World Bank Group is the largest multilateral provider of trade facilitation support. We work very closely with the World Trade Organization and other partners and donors in supporting developing countries in improving border processes and procedures. For example, as a result of a World Bank Group trade facilitation project in Bangladesh, import clearance times have been reduced from 12.2 days to 9.6 days at the port of Chittagong by strengthening border agency coordination, improving risk management, and reviewing legal cross-border trade frameworks. In Guatemala and Honduras, the World Bank Group helped cut the time for traders to cross the border from 10 hours to seven minutes. 
Mona, thank you so much for talking us through some of those really important bits of information for us to all keep in mind as we as we listen to the rest of the series. Thank you very much. All the best. Thanks so much to Sundar Tayatu and Mona. It's been amazing to hear these insights. This is only the first episode in this series, so do check out our other podcasts where we'll be exploring all kinds of issues like women and inclusion in trade, how bananas are a victim of their own success, and what Caribbean rum cake can teach us about trade. This podcast series has been made possible thanks to the funding of nine donor partners, Australia, Canada, the European Commission, the Netherlands, Norway, Sweden, Switzerland, the United Kingdom, and the United States. Many thanks. That's all for this episode of Trade Tips from the World Bank Group. I'm Sarah Trino, and we'll see you soon.